Your time is now. The world needs leaders. It's up to you to answer the call. Be better in business. Be better in life. Joined by our host, Chris Book. This is Leading by the Book. Hey guys, welcome to Leading by the Book. I'm Chris Book. If you're new to the show, welcome. Thanks for stopping by. Appreciate you checking us out. Leading by the Book is a show about leadership and specifically about how leadership impacts us at home and at work. And what you can expect on this show is to learn different ways, different strategies, and different pieces of insight into how you can be a more effective leader at both of those places within your life. For those of you that have previously been with us, really appreciate the kind words and all of you that have been so great about spreading the show. You send a ton of nice messages along to myself. I read every one of them, and I hugely, hugely appreciate it. If you do like the show, one great way to support us is simply to subscribe and leave us a great rating wherever you get your podcasts. Every bit helps in that regard. And if you want to get in touch with the show, as always, you can shoot me a message on leadingbythebook.com. You can get in touch with me on LinkedIn or drop me a message on Twitter at Chris Book. I love seeing a lot of these questions. I try to address some of them within the topics that we talk about here. And if there is something that you'd like to see incorporated in a future show, let me know, because it's always great to make this as relevant to you as possible. For today, we're going to get out of this uh, topic or this focus that, that we've had on teams uh, with so much of our content. We're actually going to talk a little bit more about ourselves. And as leaders, there's this constant struggle or this constant balance between leading ourselves and leading teams. And I'm really of the belief that obviously we need to be great at both, but that leading a team actually really does, to a certain degree, Start with your ability to lead yourself. You've got to have things under control with yourself if you want to be able to impute that to other folks as well. Over the past several years, as I've interacted with a lot of different individuals, one of the things I've learned and, and seen firsthand is that most people are really resistant to the idea of routine. And there's this feeling that with routine, it brings some type of constraint and it forces people into certain behaviors. And nobody likes that feeling of having their freedom limited. But to me, nothing could be further from the truth. And in fact, I think it's routine that gives us freedom. We need routine if we want to find excellence in our lives. If, we, if that's what our goal is, we need a routine that has clearly laid out the activities necessary for us to get to that point of excellence. If you find yourself resistant to the idea of routine, then I think it's quite likely that you're probably feeling this tug to fill your life with things that don't contribute to the goals you have for yourself for that excellence that you want to pursue within your own life. And that friction or that pull is always going to stand in your way. And we'll get into a little bit of that more here, here in a second. But to me, it's not routine that's the problem with us, but it's the mismatch between what we want to do and what we're shooting for. And like I said, if there's a conflict there, you're always going to find resistance to routine. But conversely, when your routine is supporting something that you truly believe in, something that you want to do at all costs, something that you feel in your bones, you wake up each and every day with energy and vigor and you're, you're out of bed. The minute your feet touch the ground, you're in attack mode. And that's where we need to be. I, I much would prefer to be in that camp than be stuck going through life thinking, oh, today I'm going to do this, today I'm going to do that, and really not getting anywhere at all. And if we truly believe that time is our most valuable resource, we need to be deliberate about the way we spend it. We can't let the wind take us here and there and wherever it will, because all we're going to end up with is time that was not used to its maximum potential. People that resist routine often like to fall back on this argument that they need spontaneity in their lives. 
that's all well and good. Spontaneous actions can be very, very fun. Most people don't want to know the end of a movie before they see it. So I get it. But when it comes to routine, we need it because life is going to deal us enough spontaneity on its own. Things are going to happen and come up. And that's why we have to have that structure in place. We have to have a routine filled with good habits to guide our lives because that keeps us from descending into chaos when the inevitably spontaneous thing, both good and bad, presents itself. So without that routine, without that habit, we'll never accomplish what it is we set out to do. And that's why this is so, so important to me. But I think in our DNA, human beings are creatures of habit anyway. Naturally, that's something we crave. And habits are the foundation of routine. So I think for me, I'm probably a little bit pre predisposed or more interested in routine just because I grew up and spent a good portion of my adult life as an athlete. And athletes are, are creatures of habit. They are routine-oriented groups. And I found myself craving the day-in, day-out structure of the routine. The daily activities that I needed to perform in order to get myself to a certain point were carefully planned out. Workouts, rest, meals, everything was at a predetermined time. All I had to do was show up, do what was prescribed, and get on with my day. It made my life so much easier. And frankly, it freed up my mind to deal with real issues because I didn't have to worry about whether or not I was checking off all the steps to, to get where I wanted to be. I was simply following the plan, so I had so much more bandwidth for other things. That baseline was already set in stone. I became even more convinced of the power of habit and in turn routine when I read Charles Duhigg's book called The Power of Habit. I'm sure a lot of you have read it. There's a link on the website if you haven't. I highly, highly recommend it. It's a great read. But it opened my eyes to the underlying ways that habit dictates so much of what we do in our lives. Because so much, if not all of our behavior, is actually rooted in habit. Things that we think are not habitual at all are rooted in habit. And so if we don't learn how to harness the power of that habit for our own good, it will destroy us. So we have to focus ourselves on establishing a routine that is chocked full of healthy, positive habits, not just so we can find excellence, which we need to do, but because without that, we actually give a toehold or a foothold for bad habits to take root. We can't have that. As I said, humans are creatures of habit, either good habits or bad habits. One of those two are going to win out. So we need a disciplined, dedicated routine to keep those bad habits from winning because we're going to become our habits. It's that simple. I think last week was a perfect example of this. It was, it was a great, but albeit an extreme example, where we saw the engine explosion on that Southwest Airlines jet. Now, the pilot was a formal Navy aviator, and she has been publicly praised left and right for her poise and command during that incredibly intense and stressful situation. But pilots are the very essence of routine. In fact, I can't think of a profession that has more and more rehearsal and rehearsal and rehearsal bred into them. And the reason is because when chaos hits, their reaction becomes second nature. The emotional side of their brains does not have a chance to take over because their bodies and their minds know exactly what it is they need to do already. It's that routine and that rehearsal and that habit that brings order in the midst of chaos. And well, that's an extreme example, that's why we need this in our own lives. Now, in our own lives, we're not going to be making life or death decisions each and every day. But the protection that routine offers to us is what allows us to, to prevent that chaos altogether. It's this routine that enables us to make sure that the really important things, like those necessary to land a damaged aircraft, get done above all else. So let's say it again. 
Routine enables excellence. Without it, chaos will win. One of the reasons that I love asking people what their typical day looks like is because it speaks so much to their mindset and what they're trying to do with our lives. So I think in our own lives, we need to be very, very deliberate about how we answer this question. We need to make sure that we're crafting a routine that makes each day a stepping stone toward our goals rather than just an impediment. So I'm going to talk a little bit here about how I go about my day. It's a question I get asked a lot, and and I hope that what's in my day really shows that I'm picking the stepping stones to get to somewhere else. This may or may not work for you, but the key here is that you find a routine, something that is repeatable and contains all the necessary steps to get you toward where you want to go most efficiently, something that allows you to eliminate clutter and waste that commonly creeps into your lives and stay wholeheartedly focused on where it is you're trying to go because we don't have the time to waste. So to me, it starts in the morning. I think the best routines start early in the day, and I learned this the hard way. So by nature, I'm actually a night owl, like so many of us are, and it's very easy for me to get sucked into staying up late, watching TV or Netflix or whatever. The problem with this is that this behavior isn't getting me any closer to where I want to be in my own life. It's, frankly, wasted time. You know, and I found that when I do stay up late and and devote a lot of time to things that aren't that important, things like workouts that are so massively important to me end up getting pushed to the side as my days fill up and and those unforeseen spontaneous actions seem to pop in. So that's when I made the decision to make more time. So now what I do is I get up between 4 and 4.30, and that gives me at least an extra two, if not four hours of my day back, and frankly, a little bit of a head start on everybody else. And it's that time before anybody else is up that is my most productive time. On many days, it seems that I can accomplish more in those few hours than I could in the entire day previously. And I've also found that when we get up later in the day, we're more rushed throughout the day. And one rushed moment in the morning will repeat itself many times over and over and domino throughout the day. And rushing is a key, key enemy to success. It's very, very difficult to rush and do anything well. So getting up early doesn't just allow me to check a few things off. It also gives me the time to be successful and builds inherent margin throughout my day so that I can do things very, very well. For me, I believe that maintaining fitness is very, very necessary for leadership. And I talked about this last week, actually. But if I want to have the energy and stamina to pursue other things in life that are important to me, I need to be militant about my fitness. So I make sure that's the first thing I do. The first thing I do in the morning is I get a workout in. Now, as soon as I've got that done, the rest of the day seems to fall in line quite nicely. And not to mention, I love the idea of starting the day with a disciplined activity. No one likes working out in the morning. It's cold and you're still half asleep. But conquering that beast and putting that voice in your head back in its place when it's telling you to get back in bed kind of sets the tone for a day of accomplishment. It's it's just a great feeling to start the day. It's an addictive feeling. So after that workout, I jump into a 50-degree pool. Now, this is not what a lot of you think is probably uh, something that sounds terribly enjoyable. And some days it's actually not. But to me, this is a really important step in my day because it really reduces the inflammation in my body, something that I deal with quite a bit. And it also helps me cognitively. It gets my brain firing on all cylinders. Once I get out of that that pool and that submersion, I am set. I'm locked in and ready to go. Now, if this full immersion approach isn't for you, give a cold shower a try. It's a little bit unpleasant, but I promise you, your body is going to feel amazing and it is going to do more for your day than a cup of coffee and some caffeine ever will. Throughout the rest of the morning, I make sure to drink as much ice-cold water as possible. For some reason, that also seems to have a great impact on me as well. A lot of you uh, probably believe that a good protein-infused breakfast is key. 
that might work for you. I think a lot of people are different for me. I'm not a big breakfast guy. So I'll just hammer down three or four cups of decaf coffee. I'll have a little MCT oil. And I always make sure to have some krill oil in the morning that keeps me feeling very good. And I do that as I'm getting my my little guys up for the day and getting them breakfast. So that family time, though, that I have in the morning is such an important part of my day. And one of my goals is to be the absolute best dad that I can and, and the best person I can for my family. So it's I see so many parents having to rush out in the morning, you know, right when their kids are getting up and then come back when their kids are either asleep or just about to go to sleep. That kills me, you know, because I know they're stuck missing so much of their kids' lives. And that's just not okay for me. Um, and luckily, I'm in a position where I can do something about it. So I make sure that I'm very deliberate about spending time with with my family in the morning as much as possible. And getting up early really helps me to be able to slow down and enjoy that time because it's time that I'm not going to get back here. It goes quick, as you all know. So I try to make sure that that's a focus for me. So with that portion of the day done, move into the work day. This is when the real fun begins. So everybody's set. Now it's time to get into the office. I try to break up my day actually into two halves. Um, I keep an hour block in the middle. That's when I get out. I reset myself. I take my dog for a hike pretty much every day. And it just really keeps me fresh as I get into the afternoon. So that uh, also, I should say, really helps me kind of fight off the lull that a lot of us feel in the afternoon. If you remember the old five-hour energy commercials. But each half the day has a specific goal that it needs to accomplish. And I'm very deliberate with this. So within those halves, I break things up into 15-minute blocks of subtasks. So the first half of the day might be something like I'd be dealing with an operations issue with the company. In the second half, I really try to focus on a financial issue or something like that. But I break it down into a more granular level from there. The first 15 minutes of every hour are dedicated to responding to messages and calls. And then after that, I have three 15-minute blocks that I use for various work items and meetings. And I try to limit meetings as much as possible. But within each of those blocks, I set a timer. It is amazing. Whether you're in a meeting or just working on your own, how much you can get done when you see that timer ticking down and you actually adhere to it. One other thing to keep in mind with this, a lot of what I just said here is very focused on me. But if you're leading a team, in addition to that 15 minutes, the top of the hour, which obviously you're using for communication, so your team is included with that, I'd highly recommend building in a brief, very brief daily stand-up meeting to start the day. Just getting all your team members together and on the same page and dealing with any pressing issues really has a huge impact on expediting communication. One last thing that I'd want to include in this is to make sure you're hydrated throughout the day. I set an alarm and at the top of every hour, I try to hammer down 16 ounces of cold water. I never realized, and maybe this is just because I'm getting older now, but I never realized what an impact hydration could have on me and just little things, just like mental clarity and a little bit of stamina. But until I got got really serious about the hydration, I had no idea what a profound impact it could have on me and my freshness throughout the day. Then to end the day, something that absolutely means the world to me and, and something that I don't think I could survive anymore without. So I block off a period of time for some self-reflection and I ask myself some really critical questions about the day, what I could have done better, what was good, what was bad, what we take away from it. I have to make sure I answer these as honest as honestly as I can because I use that feedback to set my schedule for the following day. I don't want to keep perpetuating a mistake if something's not going well. But doing this the day before as I set my schedule um, not only allows me to get right into things the following morning, but it eliminates a good deal of stress that you know can fester in our minds as we're running through the issues in our heads. I know we've all probably woken up in the middle of the night or even with our families, we're all thinking about work and thinking about what we have to do the next day. Having it set in stone or relative stone for the next day eliminates so much of that and really helps you focus on the things that are important when you're not in the office. 
So like I said, in the mornings, I'm, I'm fairly dedicated to my family. Evenings are the same as well. I try to make sure I, I get home early enough or get out of the office early enough to play with our boys as much as I can. We try to cook dinner as a family. And after those guys go down, my wife and I will usually read or have a glass or two of wine in front of a fire. You got to make it a point to kill the TV and iPhones at night. Not only does this have a hugely negative impact on your sleep, but it's not beneficial. Filling your evenings with Netflix and Instagram and keeping up with the Kardashians don't accomplish anything. They don't do anything for you. All they do is distract you from dealing with the real issues in our lives. And perhaps just as important, they keep you from getting the quality rest that you need. So get rid of those devices, get rid of those waves in front of your eyes and, and really focus on other things because it'll make a huge impact on you down the road. So just as we're disciplined about getting up early, we have to be disciplined about getting to bed at a time that lets our bodies recover. So a couple things I recommend, I have a cup of Yogi bedtime tea every night. Stuff is fantastic. Tastes like caramel. It's incredible. I take that and about 10 milligrams of melatonin, and then I go and I jump in that ice cold pool again. Something about the cold just really helps, again, reduce the inflammation in my body, but also oddly calms me for sleep, which is kind of funny because I use it in the morning to get things going. But this really is just a great way for me to kind of calm my body down and, and, and really get into a deep sleep. I find it works very, very well. So from here, the cycle starts all over again. We do it again and again and again, and every day getting us closer to those goals that we have. So this may or may not work for you, but you have to establish some semblance of a routine that is aligned with your individual goals. Everything in your day has to contribute to these. If you're not, you're wasting your day. It's a waste of a day. And that valuable time that you'll never get back is going to be wasted as well. So take a really good look at your lives. I'd encourage you to really ask these questions to yourself and ask them honestly. But where is there efficiency in your life? Where is there waste? you got to have this honest question with yourself about your goals and what you want to accomplish so that you can nail this down and wake up each day with a routine that just breeds hunger and excitement. Because without this structure in your life, you're not going to get close to your goals and you're not going to do it in an efficient manner. We don't have time to waste because I know each and every one of you have much that you want to do. So there's no time like now to get started. So if you have questions about this, reach out to me on Twitter at Chris Book, on LinkedIn, drop me a line on, uh, on leadingbythebook.com. It's a really impactful thing. It's really changed my life. And, you know, as I challenge this thought of routine in myself more, I find myself coming back to it because it really is that valuable. And I know it'll be that valuable for you as well. That's been Leading by the Book for this week. I'm Chris Book. We'll see you next time.